If you were a teenager in 2008, you may have been tuning into BET's 106 in Park or MTV's TRL after school for video countdowns. You also may have been logging onto your computer to check Perez Hilton or World Star Hip Hop to get the latest scoop on celebrities. Catching episodes of VH1's The Fabulous Life of or MTV Cribs to see how those celebrities were actually living. There's a duo that I'm sure was tuned into every single celebrity source they could get their hands on. But instead of just keeping it at a cute conversation among friends or a couple of tweets, they use this information to set their sights on something much bigger. Welcome to Most Fashionable Crime, a fashion-related true crime podcast hosted by me, Taryn. In this second episode of the first season theme thievery, I'm going to cover a group of people whose ages range from 18 to 28 years old at the time these events took place, which was from 2008 to 2009. If I could only describe this group using one word, it would be trifling. According to Wikipedia, there are seven notable people in this group and only one of them happens to have a Wikipedia page. This group was known as the Bling Ring, coined by the Los Angeles Times. From 2008 until 2009, it's estimated that different variations of this group burglarized over 50 homes. Personally, when I think of the bling ring, I think of this clip from the canceled reality show Pretty Wild, which aired on E! for one season. Nancy Joe, this is Alexis Nyers calling. I'm calling to let you know how disappointed I am in your story. There's many things that I read in here that were false. Like you saying that I wore six-inch Louboutin heels to court with my tweed skirt when I wore four-inch little brown BB shoes. $29! Every time you I have to re-record it! I didn't plan to read anything other than news articles for my research until I came across a book about the group when I was halfway finished with my script by none other than Nancy Joe that you hear the girl in the clip named Alexis Nyers fussing at. Nancy Jo Sells is a New York Times bestselling author and journalist. She covered Alexis Nyers and her family for Vanity Fair in 2010, writing an article titled The Suspects Were Louboutins, which is what Sofia Coppola, a filmmaker and actress, based the movie The Bling Ring on. Sells eventually went on to write The Bling Ring, how a gang of fame-obsessed teenagers ripped off Hollywood and shot the world, which was published in 2013. I actually listened to the book, this being my first audiobook I have ever listened to, and like Diamond Doors from the previous episode, I borrowed it from my local library. If you want to hear more about these former scoundrels, I will put links to purchase in the show notes. Based on what I saw previously in regards to the wing ring, I always thought Alexis Nyers was the ringleader of this orchestration, but she wasn't. She just happens to be the only one with a Wikipedia page. So how did she become the face when Rachel Lee and Nick Prugo were the masterminds? To answer that question, we obviously have to start at the beginning, which takes us back to high school. Most of the people in this ring originate from Calabasas, a city located in the northwest Santa Monica Mountains region and in the southwest corner of the Fernando Valley within Los Angeles County, California. Calabasas is about 30 miles away from downtown LA, which would be about an hour drive. According to Wikipedia, in 2010, the city had a population at 23058 and the median household income was $124,583. Famous inhabitants include the bulk of the Carr-Jenner family, Justin Bieber, Jordan Woods, and Adrian Bailon. Rachel Lee and Nick Prugo are the two main characters in this saga. At the beginning, Rachel Lee was 18 years old and Nick was 17 years old. They met in 2006 after they were both expelled from Calabasas High School and sent to an alternative school named Indian Hills High School. 
Rachel is Korean-American, has dark hair and a round face. She was described as confident and voted best dressed twice, which isn't surprising seeing as she was fashion obsessed. Nick is a Caucasian male with thin brown hair. He is insecure and was briefly a child actor. An interest in fashion is what they had in common and both had thoughts of pursuing careers in fashion design with Rachel interested in enrolling at the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising, commonly known as FITM. Fashion has also led to them breaking and entering into cars and homes. According to Nick, Rachel was the one that got him both hooked on drugs and into stealing. The first time they stole as a duo was the summer of 2007, which was the lead up to their 11th grade year of high school. They picked one of Nick's friends that happened to be out of the country. According to Nick, this was initiated by Rachel, but clearly Nick had no issue since he offered up his friend. They broke into Nick's friend's house and Rachel located $8,000 underneath the bed, which they split 50-50. They went to their friend's house the next day and took their car to go shopping on Rodeo Drive. Apparently, Rachel had done this type of thing before in stolen money. This is where you see the start of their partnership, if you can call it that. Rachel was the ideation team and Nick was the engineer of her ideas. In 2008, you could not escape from hearing about a very blonde, rich heiress named Paris Hilton. She is a socialite term media personality and businesswoman who hails from the Hilton family, which founded Hilton Hotels and Resorts. Paris was photographed everywhere, therefore highlighting her sense of style. You could count on seeing her picture with a Louis Vuitton bag accessorized with one of her dolls, most likely her chihuahua named Tinkerbell, low-rise jeans, a juicy couture sweatsuit, designer dresses, and stilettos. Nick claims that between October and December 2008, they stole from Paris' house on Mulholland Drive, which is home to many celebrities due to the area being exclusive and costly. Four times, and she never noticed anything was missing. This isn't surprising seeing as Paris is very rich and not only was she probably shopping every day, but she was probably getting sent free clothes all the time. Paris was chosen because Rachel loved her sense of fashion and they figured she was not the brightest crayon in the box and would likely leave her house easy to be broken into. They were right because not only did Paris leave a key under her mat, but her door was actually unlocked. Rachel kept the key on her keychain and Paris, unalarmed that the key was gone, just replaced the key under the mat. They started off taking a little bit at a time. Rachel was very familiar with Paris's fashion history and could recognize the designer pieces to the places and events she wore them to. Despite Paris having two closets, one for clothes and the other for accessories, Rachel only took a designer dress and two bras. Taking underwear is really weird to me and apparently this was something they often did. If it was new, great for them. If they were worn, they just washed them. To me, this shows that they wanted to not just dress like these celebrities, but they wanted to be them. Which explains to me, at least, why they didn't just shoplift the same clothes that they wanted that the celebrities wore. They were beyond bold. They looked in Paris's purse because this wasn't their first rodeo. They also left with $1,800 in cash each and a bottle of Grey Goose vodka. Before they left, they also decided to conduct a self-guided tour for themselves. Paris's home was their first and favorite of celebrity houses to burglarize. You may be wondering how they were able to even get into this high-end neighborhood. Nick claims that they hadn't initially planned to break into Paris's house, but somehow they were well prepared to commit the crime. Apparently, there's a website called CelebrityAddressAerial.com, where for an annual fee of $99.99, you could pay to view the addresses and aerial photos of the homes of famous people. Nick used this along with Google Earth to scope out their targets. As you can see, Nick was the brains behind this operation. 
Of course, Paris Hilton resided in a gated community, so they had to find another way to enter the neighborhood. Through Nett's research, they found an entry to get into the neighborhood bypassing security. Around midnight on a night in October 2008, they climbed a steep hill and got into the neighborhood. They didn't dress the part of burglars. They didn't have on any masks or gloves. They just wore regular clothes and figured if they were spotted, they could blend in as quote-unquote normal kids. Rachel rang the doorbell several times, and after each ring went unanswered, they entered the house. These were anything but normal kids. They got so comfortable in the homes of people that they don't see as strangers that they were snorting cocaine in people's houses, laying up in their beds, using their bathrooms, and all. Once they were almost caught by cops with flashlights outside of Paris Hilton's house, but they hid in the bushes. They continued to steal items from Paris, as well as items that belonged to her boyfriend at the time. The creeps also stole new pictures of Paris from a safe, but were unable to sell them because by this time, Paris had, I guess, been well seen. After going unnoticed and getting away with the ad, you would think they would just lay low. In an alternative world, Rachel honestly had all the potential to become a fashion blogger if she was that obsessed with fashion. She had the look, location, and apparently the fashion sense, stolen or not. Her family even had money. Rachel drove an Audi A4, and her mother owned franchises of a tutoring company. If she wanted to, she could have walked her way through Fitham with the help of her best friend, Nick. But no. Rachel started to involve other people and recruit them to join the ring. One of them was a Mexican girl named Diana Tamayo. Like Rachel, Diana Tamayo is a 2008 graduate of Indian Hills. Nick did not graduate. She was enrolled at Pierce College at the time taking business classes. In high school, Diana won Best Smile and a Scholarship for $1,500. Diana comes more into the picture once they expanded their celebrity hit list. Nick was very pressed about Rachel adding members. He just wanted to be him and Rachel. Nick and Rachel were not romantically involved. However, Nick was infatuated with Rachel, and in the book, he comes out as gay. Stealing from celebrities was supposed to be their thing. Rachel also brought along a boyfriend to one of their quote-unquote missions to Paris Hilton's house. He was a minor at the time and arrested for possession of an unregistered handgun in February 2009. Jewelry was also uncovered and booked. This jewelry was later discovered to belong to Paris. He was never arrested, likely due to him being a minor because they are more difficult to prosecute according to sales. Another person that comes into play is Courtney Ames, who apparently was a pothead and former white supremacist. Rachel and Courtney don't seem to have much in common other than the fact that they have been friends since middle school. Courtney at 18 was dating a man about 10 years older than her named Johnny Ajar. Johnny is a white man that is an ex-con that spent time in prison for drug trafficking. At the time of these events, he was a club promoter at Le Du, which was a popular nightlife spot featured in the reality TV show The Hills. Courtney recruited Johnny to help fence or resell the stolen merchandise. Another recruit of Courtney's is Roy Lopez Jr. Courtney met him while working as a waitress at Sagebrush Cantina, where Roy was a bouncer. He was also recruited to resell stolen items. On one of the many missions to Paris's house, Courtney made off with a leather Diane von Furstenberg jacket, which was probably one of the few pieces that matched her aesthetic. Things started to somewhat go downhill on December 18, 2009. This is when Roy Lopez stole $2 million worth of jewelry from Paris's home and left with it in a Louis Vuitton bag. The jewelry consisted of family heirloom pieces and costume jewelry. This was a solo act by Roy, so Nick wasn't there, but he set it up along with Courtney. 
Nick was the one who told Rory where he could find the hidden jewelry by drawing a map of the interior of Paris's house. Roy was unable to sell most of what he stole, so he kept the jewelry stored in Arizona. This is when Paris finally notices that she was burglarized and reports it to the police, but they didn't get caught yet. If you thought they were bold before, this is when they really start to feel invincible. The next celebrity on their hit list wasn't on Paris Hilton's level of fame, but she was still very popular at the time. She was an inspiring actress turned model and TV personality after being approached by producers to star in the MTV reality TV show spinoff of Laguna Beach called The Hills. On February 22, 2009, after Nick conducted research, he, along with Rachel, burglarized the home of Audrina Patridge. Nick thought that she would be attending Oscar after parties, but she was actually visiting family 37 miles away in another well-to-do town in L.A. This was Rachel's and Nick's first celebrity mission since November 2008 at Paris Hilton's. The month prior, they stole Apple iMac computers from an empty house that was listed for sale, which is where a lot of the images you see of this crew floating around the internet come from. Nick and Rachel cleared Audrina out. Audrina had just gotten back from Australia and hadn't unpacked yet. Never to miss out on an opportunity, they used the luggage to their criminal advantage and loaded it with Audrina's stuff and stole from her house not once but twice that night. They took jewelry, clothes, sunglasses, handbags, a passport, a laptop, and pretty much anything else they could fit into a suitcase. According to the book, the police reported that they stole about $43,682 worth of her belongings. Audrina posted surveillance video of the duo, and TMZ ended up reposting it, but they still didn't get caught. Rachel admired the style of quite a few celebrities, and one in particular had the same name as her. Rachel Bilson is an actress, and at this time, she was widely known for playing Summer Roberts on The O.C., which is a teen drama that ran for four seasons set in Orange County, California, hence the name. Rachel was known for her sense of style and well-connected in the fashion industry, which obviously made her the perfect target for Rachel Lee. Nick probably sat at his stolen computer and waited for photos of Rachel Bilson arriving at the airport to spend a couple of weeks in New York with her then-fiancé. In the two weeks while she was gone, Nick, Diana, and Rachel burglarized her home five times. They stole her size 5 vintage shoe collection that they couldn't wear and designer clothes by Chanel, Roberto Cavalli, and Zach Posen. They also stole handbags, jewelry, underwear, again, perfume, makeup, DVDs, and a TV all estimated to total to an amount of $130,000 to $300,000 according to Wikipedia. Nick claims that the fifth time they stole from Bilson's house, Tess Taylor and a minor were with them. Tess Taylor is the adopted sister of Alexis, the girl in the clip you heard at the beginning of this episode. She was also in the canceled reality TV show, Pretty Wild. Nick and Rachel ended up renting a stall on the Venice Beach boardwalk to sell some of Rachel Bilson's stolen items. I assume that Nick started to want in on the action himself, which is what led to them targeting couples. On July 13, 2009, the crew decided to burglarize the home of Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom is an actor that was known for his work in The Lord of the Rings and Pirates of the Caribbean. At the time, he was dating Australian Victoria's Secret angel Miranda Kerr. This night's crew consisted of Nick, Rachel, Diana, and Alexis. Alexis denies it, but in footage, it's close to clear that she was there. They walked backwards up a hill to conceal their faces from cameras. They spent three hours stealing from the home, making several trips back and forth to the car. 
They took watches, including Bloom's vintage Rolex collection of 40 timepieces, paintings so that Rachel could decorate when she moved to her dad's house in Las Vegas, clothes, jewelry, a rug, and more that all totaled to almost $500,000. Later that month, a going-away party was held for Rachel at Ledoux as she was moving to Las Vegas to be with her dad. Nick, Tess, Courtney, Alexis, Diana, and Johnny were all at the party. Nick helped Rachel with her mood, driving her stolen goods to a different state. A month later, Rachel was back for a hearing in a shoplifting case that she and Diana were both a part of when they stole $85 worth of merchandise from Sephora and were charged with petty theft. They were each sentenced to a year of probation. On August 23rd, Rachel, Nick, and Diana drove to Lindsay Lohan's home. Lindsay Lohan is an actress best known for The Parent Trap and Mean Girls. Lindsay was it for Rachel, which explains why she came back to commit another burglary. I think this was supposed to be her last hurrah. They filled up suitcases with items such as clothes, shoes, a Rolex, Hermes, and Louis Vuitton bags, a custom mink coat, and paintings. And the sheer audacity of it all, Nick dropped off Rachel to the airport where she hopped on a Southwest flight back to Las Vegas, Nevada, rolling Lindsay's suitcase and wearing Lindsay's clothes. With Rachel gone, Nick decided to completely self-sabotage and they decided to burglarize another celebrity couple's home. This time they chose Brian Austin Green, an actor best known for his work on Beverly Hills 90210, and Megan Foss, an actress known for her work in Transformers. Nick, Courtney, and an unnamed girl only stole clothes the first time, so it would go unnoticed. The second time they went back with Diana and another person to steal more, and I believe this is when they stole a Rolex and a handgun. Brian and Megan did not notice until they were contacted by the police. September 1st, 2009 is when it really starts to go downhill for them. Two unidentified sources sent in information after one heard Rachel and Nick bragging about burglarizing Lindsay Lohan's home. Rachel and Nick's Facebook pages were sent in and that not only confirmed Rachel and Nick's friendship, but also showed them wearing stolen clothing and accessories. Nick was arrested on September 17, 2009. They didn't yet have enough evidence to arrest Rachel in Las Vegas. That was until Nick decided to confess. According to a lawyer's cell speaks within a book, had Nick not confessed, the case would not have been able to be prosecuted. Two weeks after his confession, search warrants for other members of the ring were issued with led to the rest of Rachel, Diana, Alexis, Courtney, and Roy. Johnny was also arrested and sentenced to three years, but only served one. Alexis was sentenced to 180 days in jail, three years probation, and ordered to pay $600,000 in restitution to Orlando Bloom. She is now sober, married with children, and podcasting. Going back to why Rachel and Nick aren't seen as the faces of the bling ring is really because Rachel kept quiet and Alexis was the one with a reality TV show, so her name, voice, and face were all out there. Rachel got a prison coach to prepare her for her four-year sentence, but she didn't make it in four years. She served a year and four months before being released on parole. She now works as a hairstylist. Diana's doings made her family's illegal immigration status known, but they beat the case. She was sentenced to three years probation and 60 days of community service. She apparently found God and now works in health and fitness. Roy was credited for 100 days he already served in jail and given three years probation. Apparently, he, like many, left California for Texas. Courtney was sentenced to three years probation and two months of community service. Nick was sentenced to two years in prison. However, he received one year credit for time served and another year for good behavior and work time. According to Us Weekly, he was charged with stalking and solicitation to commit sexual assault in 2015. 
Despite the people that were burglarized having money and fame, they didn't deserve and neither does anyone else deserve to have their homes broken into and their personal belongings stolen. It is great to hear that at least most of the people in the saga have reformed, but it's still the lack of fear and nerve that they had for me. Thank you for listening to Most Fashionable Crime. If you enjoyed the episode and are listening on the Apple Podcast, please leave a five-star review. Be sure to follow on Instagram and Facebook at Most Fashionable Crime and Twitter at Most Fashionable to stay up to date. You can also sign up for the newsletter on mostfashionablecrime.com. Transcripts will be available soon on the website. Also, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel linked in the notes. All of my sources will be linked in the notes as well. Come back next Monday for the third episode. I am also hosting a giveaway. Once Most Fashionable Crime reaches 50 listeners, each follow and subscribe, retweet, share, repost, post, tag, and comment will be counted as an entry for the giveaway. I will also include all entries prior to this podcast. I will pick by using a random selection tool. The winner will receive the two books I have mentioned so far in the podcast, as well as a $50 gift card to a Black-owned restaurant or other business in the city you live in or a grocery store. Your choice. Please note that I cannot see you share if your page is private. And be sure to tag me if you share to your story or repost on Instagram. Thank you so much for your support. In case you were wondering, this podcast was written, produced, and edited by me, Taryn. All music you hear is provided by Epidemic Sound.